baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Uh, if you missed our conversation with uh, Hennepin County Sheriff DeWanna Witt, that podcast, uh, soon to be up, if not up already? Uh, up already, just up moments already. ago. I asked her about the homeless encampments that we've heard about, that many people have seen over the last several years, excuse me, and she said they're unsafe, which is why I don't think anybody wants to just kick homeless people out onto the streets. We want shelters for these folks, and our religious community is stepping up in that regard. Uh, tiny homes are hoping to solve the huge problem of homelessness in Minnesota. They're called sacred settlements, and a new law lets Minnesota churches put them on their property. So what are they? Let's find out. Joining us now on the John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline is um, Rose Larson, who is an intentional neighbor at one of these sacred settlements. Rose, thank you so much for the time. I'll ask you first, what does it mean being an intentional neighbor, and what are these settlements? Yeah. Hi, Adam. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, it's such a joy to be a part of. So uh, being an intentional neighbor means that I am someone who's never experienced homelessness myself, but I have a desire to be a good neighbor and a desire to come alongside people who have experienced homelessness. And um, and so we create these tiny home communities called Sacred Settlements on church faith land and invite people who have experienced homelessness, specifically chronic homelessness, more more than a year of being on the streets into their own home where they can lock their door, where they can be a part of a community. And that's the distinct, unique thing about sacred settlements is um, they really have um, intentional people in their lives who uh, hear their stories, get to experience the joy and the love and uh, delight of getting to know them and being family for a lot of our folks who have been homeless have lost family. So we get to be family together. Do you know how many of these uh, settlements there are of in the Twin Cities and beyond in the state of Minnesota? And how, how many more other churches uh, are willing to do something like this? Yeah, great question. So there are two sacred settlements that have started in Minnesota. I live in the first one and in St. Paul and then the second one's in Roseville. There are many churches interested in this model and are explore, exploring and praying about how they can love their neighbors by having a community like this on their land. And then um, Settled is modeled after a community in Texas, Austin, Texas, called Community First Village that has um, hundreds of these kinds of homes. And um, and the they have intentional neighbors called missionals there, people who haven't experienced homelessness like myself. Um, 10% of their people are intentional neighbors, and 90% are people who have come out of homelessness and are thriving in this beautiful community. And there are many other communities like this starting around the country. Um, a lot of them formed after Community First Village in Austin, Texas. So that's where a lot of our research came from as well. So can, can you just kind of walk me through these homes? Uh, who builds them? And then what, what, what kind of, how are they structured? And, and then how do these folks uh, find, uh, the, how do these folks come to have one of these homes? What kind of application process? Or how do, they, how do you get the people that are living there uh, to them? Yeah, great question. Um, so, um, 
we have a beautiful gift of having different churches sponsor the build of each tiny home. And so in the community I live in, there are six homes, and each home was sponsored by a different church community that built that home of a different denomination. So it's bringing quite un- quite a lot of unity amongst different denominations of the Christian faith, and that's really fun. Um, and so so the, the money is, is given for the build of a tiny home, and then volunteers build the tiny homes and create them into beautiful homes. Um, and, and then the church, uh, there are many churches that are open to sharing their land because a lot of times churches are resource rich and resource in the networks of the people in their congregations and then have land that's underutilized. It's, it's sitting there. It's used maybe once or twice a week, but we want to utilize it 24 hours a day, every day um, for the sake of our neighbors, for the sake of loving people like God loves them. And so, um, and so that's kind of the, the model of it. And then we have an outreach where we go into tent encampments um, with Walking with a Purpose, a man named Todd Feske, who started this over nine years ago um, and has built relationships with people on the streets face-to-face. Once or twice a week, he sees them giving food and clothes and, and getting to know people's stories and names. And then that's how that's most of, of how people end up in these sacred settlements in our communities is through relationships and, um, and seeing who would want to be a part of these communities from our unsheltered neighbors and, um, and who is ready to enter into community. And um, a lot of our neighbors are, have been hearing about these communities for years in anticipation for the, the start of these communities. So our, our unsheltered neighbors and friends are excited about this model, and we hear that over and over again. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a new process here, so we're learning and growing as we go. The people uh, who live there, what kind of responsibilities uh, do they have in order to stay there and keep staying there? Yeah, so we all sign a covenant, um, and the expectations, it's very low barrier. We don't want people, um, people who have been living in homelessness have a lot of trauma and a lot of challenges that they have faced, and so we want it to be low barrier. So um, the main rules that we have are following, um, you know, following legal laws, um, paying rent every month, and um, and being a good neighbor, seeking to to be um, thoughtful and kind, and and following just regular rules that any of us would like to have in a community. And some of our our neighbors who have been homeless helped create that covenant that we all sign. Um, and then there are job opportunities around the church and at a workshop where they can basically earn money off of their rent. Um, we believe that paying rent gives people dignity and and value that they get to contribute and they get they get to pay rent for their home. And so, um, but we we don't want there to be barriers financially for our neighbors. And so, um, so we provide work opportunities and and hear their dreams and hopes and come alongside them in some of their entrepreneurial ideas and business ideas. And um, and that's been also really fun to see. And that, that that money goes towards their daily expenses and goes towards their rent. We are talking to Rose Larson. She's an intentional neighbor at one of these sacred settlements that allows uh, homeless people to uh, live in a tiny home, basically on a, on a church property. Uh, it takes a special kind of person, Rose, uh, to uh, live there, and be a volunteer there to help these folks. Why do you do that? Oh, um, Adam, it is a joy. I can't tell you. Um, I, I do it partially because um, because of Jesus' heart of love for people who, all people, no matter who they are or their background. 
So I feel that heart. I feel God's heart for people, and I see them as my brothers and sisters. Um, but it is it is truly a blessing back to me. Um, I learn from my neighbors so much. We have so much play and fun and joy and life. Um, and it's such a, a beautiful community to be a part of that is um, a very unique um a unique thing to, to actually be deeply invested in people's lives and have people invested in your life. So, um, so I do it because it's a joy and, um, and because it's, it's a, a blessing to me. Yeah. And a blessing to our neighbors, and, our un, unseen and forgotten neighbors. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And uh, thank you so much for sharing that story today. And uh, I hope this becomes extremely successful and there are other churches and other places uh, not necessarily churches, other areas that that do this for their fellow human beings. It's remarkable, and uh, thank you so much for what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Thanks for being a part of it. Rose Larson, Intentional Neighbor with Sacred Settlement. 1116. Dave, guess what? The long national nightmare is over. We have a new state flag. Oh, yes! We'll talk about it next on so WCCO. <clears throat> 1119, yes! We have a flag. We've got a new flag. Wave it high. Wave it proud. I'm sure every Minnesotan will line up behind me and saying, we accept this new flag. We love this new flag. It's great. I like it. Okay, here's the deal. It's, I've got to describe this on the radio. I've tweeted it, by the way, so just check out my Twitter feed, at AC830. So it looks like this. Basically, we've got a dark blue kind of Minnesota it connotates Minnesota. It's basically a geographic shape, kind of a K. That's the left side of it. Then it goes to a lighter blue. We used to have stripes there, but now it's just light blue. What happened to the stripes? I don't know. And then you've got a white kind of north star. I assume that mm-hmm. is uh, in the middle of this Minnesota. That's what they picked. And I know I'm going to be in the vast minority here, as I just tweeted. God forbid I say this, but I like it. I like this flag. It's very simple. Remember we had the vexillologist on. Uh-huh. He's saying it's all about simplicity. It's about immediate identifying. When you look at something saying, oh, that's Minnesota. I think this does the job. Bravo, uh, State Flag Commission. Uh, well done. Job well done. There's no green. All the, the original concepts had stripes and had green, green right? in there. And it's, it's only dark blue, light blue, and white. Are the only colors on that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, you still like it. I still like it. Okay. Um, already on Twitter, uh, Andrew Wagner, who uh, is a uh, executive director of the Minnesota House GOP, uh, uninspired, boring, appropriate results for this joke of a panel. Veto it and start over. So he's down on the new flag. Uh, Daniel Walter, good uh, new Dan, well, used to work for the University of Minnesota. Let's do what should have been done in the first place, put the new state flag to a vote of the people like other states have done so we can vote no on this bland, cold thing and start over. It's so... It's, is, that really, is that really what we're arguing about? We're arguing uh, over it now. Oh, boy. When people gave not two seconds thought to to the state flag before... This yeah, this effort. I'm, and by the way, I'm already seeing on Facebook from a lot of people uh, I'm friends with on Facebook about these comparisons to uh, Somalian flags. Can we stop with that, please? 
based on what colors and stars like uh, blue that's a real uh, rare color or a star stop with that please I like this flag design and I'm not ashamed to say it mm-hmm. and if you're not boohoo so what I you know what who cares so you want Minnesota to become Somalia North with yeah, our new flag. That's, exactly that's, that's what, what you would saying. like to that's happen. That's exactly what I'm saying. And you're okay with that. Exactly what this flag <laughs> represents, of course, clearly. And if you and if you deny it, you're you're part of the you're part of it. Uh, someone says awful design, but kindergarten classes across Minnesota are clapping. That's the point. It's <laughs> it's supposed to be simple and representative. You know what? Five years from now, we're going to embrace this flag. We're going to love this flag. When you this is going to be on shirts and T-shirts. By the way, that's the only conspiratorial part of me wondering about this is like, boy, they got this done right a week before Christmas. How soon are we going to have uh, new oh. Minnesota flag hats and shirts available in stores? I would love that. If anyone's listening, that'd be a great Christmas gift. I'd love to have one of those. Uh, people reacting uh, in real time here, by all means, take a look. I'm sure you've seen it. It's a, it is on my Twitter feed, but uh, you can find the new flag design. It looks like corporate logo for an all-generics grocery store chain. I like that uh, description of it, but that's the point, too. It's a, like a corporate logo. It's this kind of corporate logo. You brand everything. We brand things. Uh, how much money have we spent on finding a new flag design? Minnesota Democrats love spending taxpayer dollars. I think I saw that the... Well, the Republican wanted to start all over again. That's going to cost double that's the money. Go, or put it on the ballot. That's going to cost a lot of money, too. I think I saw it was $38,000 it was to... Come up with the, uh, at least establish this volunteer committee to do this. Um, what I don't understand is with all the other issues running wild in the state, why are we worried about a new state flag when there really wasn't anything wrong with the one we had? We've been over the issues with the previous flag. Uh, we don't need to go back there. DFL time, wasting money. New flag design stinks, but who cares? People of Minnesota should focus on topics of importance. There you go. If you don't like it, Great. You don't like it. I get that. There's other things to be worried about, I think is the point. Um, Looks like something a five-year-old would draw. It's a left-wing flag. Kidding. I love it. Awful design. Uh, Should have have had the three colored stripes. Uh, It's a great flag. My God, how how long must we struggle without a flag? Please, we must come together so we can line up behind our banner and wave it high. Uh, There was nothing wrong with the original flag. It was only racist if you viewed it as a a racist thing, just another example of cancel culture. Again, the point is, I listen to the people who are the offended in this case. If the Native Americans said that flag was offensive, I take their word for it. And plus, give me a break. Our old flag was boring. It looked like 75 other state flags. And many of the people who've had flags like that are changing them too. Also, we had a vexillologist on, and he put it so simply that the purpose, the main purpose of a flag is to identify at distance. Right. So that when you see whatever it is that's trying to be identified as Minnesota from a distance, you can see that flag and know what it is. And 
That's the primary purpose of a flag, according to a flag expert, and our flag dramatically failed at that. It looked like so many other flags. Oh, which which flag is that? You have to get up to it and read the writing to know that it's yeah. Minnesota. It just dramatically failed at the basic thing, and this one, you know, like it or not, will not do that. You will know that this is our flag from, from a long ways away. Don't worry, kindergartners across Minnesota are coloring T-shirts as you talk. Yes, good. That's the point. Have our kindergartners coloring the new state flag. Uh, today's version is much better than the similarities to the Palestinian flag design of yesterday. Uh, again, that's a common a pattern of flags. Um, why does every state flag, or why does every state need a flag? Aren't we the United States? Yes, we are, and we have a United States flag. But many cities have their own flags. Every state has a flag. Uh, the Native Americans were offended by the old flag. They represent less than one percent of Minnesota's population. Okay, yeah. So, take their land, and if they're offended by the, the by that, screw them. Because there's only one percent of them that live here. That's a that's a pleasant way to think about things. Uh, Eleven twenty seven News Talk eight three zero WCCO. We are doing dumber than we thought today. Because Chad wants to get his views known about the state flag. And also I want to get Chad's reaction to a new opinion piece about whether or not uh, downtown Minneapolis has peaked and will never see it uh, as it once was. A couple of uh, topics for dumber than we thought. Uh, if you want to chime in with a topic or two or continue to chime in on the state flag, by all means, 651-461-9226 if you need to see the flag again. Just check out my Twitter feed, at AC830. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So before we get to uh, Dumber Than We Thought and Chad, we usually, we usually do the random review on Tuesdays, and then we watch something and come back. So I thought we'd do this for random review. We'd take our favorite holiday movie. That way you don't necessarily have to watch it tonight. But if it's your favorite holiday movie, you're usually watching it every season. So I thought, Dave, you and I would pick our favorite holiday movie and then watch it and review it. Uh, do you have one in mind? I know you were debating which movie to watch with your kids last week. Mm-hmm. Did you pick one, and what was it? Um, no, I think we didn't do that, didn't but do we that? probably will coming up this week. Okay, sometime. so what's your favorite holiday movie? Am I supposed to tell you now, or we're doing it tomorrow? Well, you can t- say what it is, and then you review it tomorrow. Oh, I see. Or do you want to save it for tomorrow? I think I want to save it for tomorrow. Oh, okay. Tomorrow. That, that means you don't have one in mind. No, I do have one in mind. It's one everyone will know. Uh, but I'll save it for tomorrow. Say Rudolph. Punches will be thrown. It was on again. There was a oh, bonus God. Rudolph you know why? That, that on bo- Saturday because the public is clamoring, clamoring yes, for it. Clamoring for it. <laughs> um, David's with me. He loves Rudolph. Rudolph is the story of overcoming challenges in bullying 
You he don't didn't like overcome it. the bullying, though. He he accepted the bullying, and he, uh, he, he overcame he it. Is it because he Adam caved. was the bully in that time you, in his you life? You nailed it. Yeah, thank you. Adam was a high school bully, <laughs> and he prefers that the bullies prevail. He also made fun of people with bright noses. I've heard that. That's not a same fault. That was one of your colleagues. Right. Hey. Hey, bright nose. Hey, shiny nose. <laughs> I'm coming for you. Yes. Um, is Rudolph your favorite holiday movie? Or do you have like a Elf's great. Elf is good. Elf modern great. classic. That's yeah, a modern classic. Rudolph is great. What else do we have out there? I, I, we had this debate again. A buddy of mine is Die Hard a Christmas movie. Yeah. He's, he, I'll show you the picture. He dressed up. He had a holiday party. Five couples. I said, hmm, "Where's my Where's, your where's invite? my invite?" Um, where everybody has to dress up as a character from a Christmas movie. And he dressed up as John McClane. Oh, good. Right? You got to have the body for it, though. He does. I'll show you the picture. And he had his wife dress up as the building. So he designed a box, which kind of looked like the office where the holiday party took place. Nakatomi Plaza. Yes. Yes. That's a little strange. That's a, hey, I'm in shape. I'm going to go as this buff guy. You, honey, go as a building. (laughs) That will show nothing. Will not show your body off. No, my at all. my friend uh, Tyler is definitely poking fun at himself. Did you see the new flag? I like it. I do too. I like it. Who cares? Like, I, I like people it. like. But Republicans are already calling for hearings, and are they really stop. calling for hearings? Revote. How about Rick Scott and all the folks from Florida who? Uh, Still want the attorney general to investigate the fact that Florida State didn't yes. make, you know, I mean, yes. the attorney general of the states. But there is a quote. There is a quote where I want, I want to get to it here. Okay. Where it is, I'm sorry. About the flag or about uh, FSU? No, about the flag. I mean, it. I'm sorry. These quotes, I just, um, neither one of us are going to love these uh, type of quotes. So this is from... Fitch. Where is Fitch's first name here? I like. I, I read the story. Harrigan thought the same thing. It just says Fitch. Like I don't know. Is this one supposed of your, to know who Fitch, Fitch is? is? I thought it was Finchy. I thought you know. Finchy, I thought, yeah. I thought, that's what Birdman. The flag was never designed by one person. This was designed by Minnesota. We're grabbing ideas from everyone. Let me vomit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, stop. Yeah. Stop with that pabble. Yeah. Did you? You're a no, Minnesotan. It, did you participate? I did not. David, you're a Minnesotan. Did you participate? Uh, no, I never got the call. I don't know. I mean, did we participate in having people on the air from uh, from the committee and vexillologists and such? We've advanced the we've we we steered the conversation. This was designed by Minnesota. No, it was one guy, and I've seen the guy who designed it because. On my Facebook page yesterday, people were reposting pictures of the guy who designed it, and the fact he had a picture, profile picture that said, "I've been vaccinated." People, honestly, the politicization of this is, just shows you how far down the toilet we are. You're right, and the fact is, oh, it looks like a Somali, a, a Somali, he's a younger flag. kid, right? Yes, honestly, like he's a plant. It's a left-wing right. agenda. It's similar to the Somalian flag. Yeah. It's Ilhan Omar. Yeah. What is wrong with you people? They decided they were going to have a new flag. Okay? Then they had a lot of people come in. Now, eventually, did the, the state commission go, yeah, we like most of what you're doing, but right. we're going to do a lot more because this is very different yeah. in the end 
from what he designed, but am I losing any sleep over it? No, but do I look at this and say, yeah, that works. Yeah. It's fine. Right. It's a good. It's but clearly, it's a leftist agenda, and we're a part of it. Like we were right. told, we were paid off. And so, of course, we're promoting. Did you read the opinion piece by uh, Adam Platt in the Star Tribune? Today? I sped through it because okay. I've heard Adam uh, offer up the same analysis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his final line is like, "I like how Adam has to tell us how many places he's traveled." <laughs> <laughs> humble brag. I mean, it is a humble. Brag. I've known Adam forever. I yeah. like Adam, but it was it was a little bit. Let me get my shoulder back. So inside. the question is: Has downtown Minneapolis peaked? Have we seen the best of downtown Minneapolis? How do we know? How do we know that? You know, they, I, I think Adam, they have said the same thing in 1932, right? Think, you know, I think he brought up a lot of interesting points. I really do. But it's 2023. I hope. I mean, three of us aren't going to be here. But what about a hundred years from now? How about two hundred years right. from now? I, I, I get that. Businesses all over the place are redesigning what they're doing yep. for their employees. I get that the Dayton's of the world. Don't work. Yep. But look at how many people live down here now. Yeah. Look at how – I'm sorry. North Loop's spectacular. Mm-hmm. North Loop is fun and it is interesting. Let's see what happens around U.S. Bank over the next five, yeah. ten years. Yeah. So will it be similar to the 70s and 80s? No, because – Listen, there's an, enough other cities where they have their own versions of downtown. They have restaurants there. They have businesses in areas, all cities that can prosper without the reliance yes. of downtown. But I'm not willing to say that 20 years from now, I mean, we're looking at Ameriprise. Like Ameriprise, I'm sure, is a shell of itself. Right. Accenture's right over there. Uh, uh, Capellatars. They're going to have to reimagine. Yep. There's there's no denying that. That was before COVID and has been accelerated. But just to say this is it, we've peaked, it's something I might say is a hot take, you know, to get calls, yes. but I'm not convinced. Uh, I'm Are not you? either. No, I'm not, absolutely not. In fact, I was, you know, the when, when this idea of, okay, this is going to be a more residential area – then, you know, initially I'm like, well, okay, but how does that translate into, you know, people who, not only the workers who come down here to enjoy it, but other people like, okay, if I'm not living down here, will I come to, yes, because if those people are living down here, there'll be great spots that you want to come to and not necessarily just because you don't live here. There's an article in the New York Times today about Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Thought. Yeah, about how they're, they've done the same thing. Yes. And we're bigger than Cleveland. We're not Cleveland, but... I, we have no idea, and this is be something. You're right. Ten years from now, twenty years from now, of course we'll remember this time. But it's like, boy, you know, cities change. Here's what I say, and I know you want to jump in, Dave. Are we still going to have office towers, thirty, forty, fifty stories, where it's filled with businesses? No, there's no signs of that. But what happens with these businesses? Because more people do want to live downtown. I know there are a lot of people listening right now. Oh, it's crazy. It's it's dangerous. Look at how many people live downtown yes. and love it 
and and thrive. So I am very curious how that transition is going to take place. I think Adam is looking at it from the prism of what it once was. Mm -hmm. And so will it go back to that? No. But I don't know where it's going to be if if we make that transition. If they can take some of what is working at a spectacular level in North Loop, yeah. why are we eliminating that we can't see more of that in other parts of downtown? Why is it only North Loop? Why can't that happen right. elsewhere? I don't accept that I premise. Don't, either do I. I think saying it's peaked is is a strange use of words because inevitably then you're comparing it against what was. I think it's more fair to say that downtown is changed forever. Like we're not going sure. back to whatever the heyday, whether you think that was the 80s, 90s or whatever, like that is gone and won't be back. But will it be revitalized in a new and different and maybe better way? Well, that's yet to be seen yet. Yeah. But changed forever, I think, is a fair way, a, a better way to put that. I agree. And things change, and yes. people have different opinions on what was the best. Like, look at Saturday Night Live. Everybody's got their own opinion. When was the best years of SNL? Uh, weekend Update with Michael Che and Colin Jost is better than any other updates. And again, they proved it again this weekend. They do this a couple times but a the year. Act- I, was, the- I didn't know how I felt about having the activists there. The Of course. What? Honestly, you could see Seinfeld, Pryor, Robin Williams, Letterman, Carson, all of their peak. And all of us would walk out going, that was good. And you go, yeah. I mean, it wasn't fish. I mean, you're just (laughs) so hard to believe. No, it's just. uh, It added to the absurdity of the jokes that this amazing activist is there. Yes. And then Michael Che writes this joke for Am Colin right? Jost. <laughs> and, Am I right? And it turns out my wife is the best black widow yes. ever. Am I right? You it's know, Scott <laughs> better than Coretta Scott. Oh, now, if if you're bothered, no, by I will uncomfortable. Agree. I know you're not, but if if a listener's bothered by uncomfortable uh, racial animus jokes, yeah, it's not your cup of tea. Obviously, the two of us are not. I mean, the chill Colin Jost were for Che about Beyonce. Yes. And she's so white that now I'm thinking about I I would date her now is hysterical. Yeah, I'll agree with that. This is the best that updates ever been. Ever been? Yep. Okay. Chevy, bottom feeder, horrible person, never funny. Norm McDonald. Where is he? We all like Norm a lot. Norm's up there. That's Harrigan's pick. Then you had Dennis Miller's up there for me. Again, that's like how you, you kind of did a Dennis Miller head thing there. Babe, just, you know, babe, it just, hey. <laughs> it anybody just, to have uh, Dana Carvey doing Dennis yes, Miller? Yes, that's good. Yeah, I think another one was a, whether it was Tina Fey and Amy Poehler or Seth Meyers and Amy Poehler. That was a really good run. Mm-hmm. I just think these guys are really good, and there's. I think it makes it better with two of them there playing off each other. Oh yeah. And the fact that they're not on the rest of the show, mm-hmm. I think it adds to it, too. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.